You are now tuned in from the desk of low. Brought to you by from the Dat Feeling Podcast Network. If you have a dream, go get it. Alright, welcome back from the desk of low. I have with me a West Coast MC. I like to call him a legend because I found him on a Lincoln Park CD in 2002. And I was like, damn, who's this guy? And without further introduction, I have my guy, Planet Asia. Peace. What's good, everybody? Uh, how you doing, sir? Let's start this off right. Happy New Year. Man, Happy New Year and all that, you know? Um, so, uh, Planet Asia, I bet you you get this question a lot, but I know the answer. Uh, what did your name mean? And I know your name stands for Planet All Started in Africa, but is there any other, uh, uh, is there any other meanings to that name, sir? Yeah, uh, body, you know, body mass. Um, Asia is the, the, the name of the, of the planet of the planet Earth. That's the original name of the planet Earth. And I'm the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, cream of the planet Earth, father of civilization, and god of the universe. Okay. And did you... The black man of Asia. Did you have to play around with other names before you found Planet Asia, or was that, like, the right off the rip? Uh, I had a lot of other names, but... I mean, not a lot of other names, but uh, a few. I had a few other names. Like, my first rap name, I think, might have been... well, the first real rap name I had was MCJ. Okay, you know okay. I mean? And then it was uh, Asiatic J, then it was A, no, yeah, Asiatic J, Asiatic X, Asiatic, then Planet Asia. Okay. And I understand that you love the 88, 89 fashion look too, because that's a timeless look. I love the fat rope gold change, the New Jack era. I was curious the first time that you ever... <laughs> I was curious the first time you ever fell in love with that look, sir, because that look is like one of a kind, and I don't think that we can ever rebirth that again, because that was like yeah, once in man. a lifetime. That, that 80s, that late 80s uh, fashion, man, was crazy, man. That's when, you know, a lot of the, the designer brands really got uh, put 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 on the map through hip-hop at the time. It wasn't nobody, you know, you know, didn't nobody know about Gucci and Louis Vuitton and all this stuff that you hear about today. You know, we had the bootleg versions of that, and, and you know, the bootleg version was actually better than the real version back then. That's facts, because some of those newer brands that looks like they just found it at a, a Salvation fact, Army. Matter of fact, matter of fact all, all the bootleg stuff, not just high-end uh, stuff, but even stuff like Nike. You had a bunch of bootleg Nike stuff back then, Nike sweatsuits and stuff, and, and they didn't even make... It was stuff that Nike didn't even make. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a... Uh, I remember having, like, a satin snakeskin Nike jumpsuit. Before, you know what I'm saying? Nah, they definitely weren't making those now. Yeah, that, that was in like '89. You know what I'm saying? And junior high—that was when I was in junior high. Um, I understood you were very fresh in junior high as well too, because um, I'm a fan of yours. I've definitely been paying attention to you throughout the years too. Um, I was curious though, when, when did you first started like actually like dressing like the way that you wanted to dress too? Because I I figured within time we all start finding our own yeah. certain styles. I think it was different periods in my life. Um, um, I, I would definitely have to start off in junior. The junior high era definitely was was pivotal for me because um, it was you know during that time it was many different styles you can do. You can do the casual look. You can do the the, the sport look as far as like sweatsuits and whatnot. And you can do like you know. Um, then you had like like dudes that was like R and B kind of look, look that R and B kind of look for me at that time I was more of a uh, a dapper dude where it was like I had like silk shirts snakeskin shoes um, slacks suits um, uh, I, but I, but I also had like like I said the Nike sweatsuit the uh, I had a troop jacket you know what I'm saying um, a lot of five ones a lot of Nikes and and uh, stuff like that but I I also dressed different back then. I dressed more like a grown man then than I do now. I, I, I used to really come to school with full suits on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when you said suits, too, I was like, damn, you must be out dressing your teachers, too, back then. I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not talking about, like, suits with ties. I'm talking about, like, designer suits and shit with, like, snakeskin shoes on and shit like that, and snakeskin belts. And, like, I would really come dressed like a, basically, like an 80s drug dealer. You know what I mean? Did your teachers ever suspect that, or they knew you were a good guy? Nah, nah, they, 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 they knew I had good, I had, you know, I had uh, good people that was raising me, whatnot, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I always had a haircut, I, you know what I'm saying, I was religiously at the, I, had, I you know, I was at the barbershop every week, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's, I come from that. 
So you had a fairly good upbringing, you would say. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I, you know, it was it was very well balanced. I, you know, I, I probably had more uh, freedom than the average kid, but you know, I definitely had a strict household when I actually came home. But I was allowed, due to the fact that my grandmother raised me, I was allowed to get away with a lot of shit that the average kid couldn't do. I was, I was, you know, I've been a grown man since I was shit nine years old. You know what I'm saying? I feel you on that. When you live enough, the grandparents. I'm a, latch, I'm, I'm a latchkey kid, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the kid that comes home by itself and um, makes makes some food and do my homework, and then parents come home and then they start cooking, and then the dinner is made when, when once uh, parents get home, type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like latchkey kid. Okay, and during that time too, were you discovering people like LL Cool J and Slick Rick? Because I understand you look up to them too. Definitely, definitely. I mean, LL was definitely the first hero. You know what I'm saying? As far as like cool everything, but but then I think um, yeah, it was definitely LL Cool J. Then it was uh, Eric B. Rakim and um, Big Daddy Kane. Like that whole wave, um, that was like a big deal. You know what I'm saying? That whole style particularly like the Eric Van Rockham, um Big Daddy Kane and whatnot. So you were first getting into hip hop when things first started to get to the mainstream level or if Eric B. Rakim, L O Cool J too. Yeah. When did you ever like yeah. play around with your rhymes? Because I understood I understand that it was around maybe around ninety one. Nah, I've been rhyming since the eighties. I've been rhyming I started rhyming in eighty six. Oh wow. Like, um, 86, 85, or something like that, but I didn't start taking it serious till like 88, you know what I'm saying? And then you started professionally rapping in 1997, would you say? No, I started professionally as far as, on, as, far as contractually. I, I was already doing shows and all that shit before that. I was doing shows since, I've been doing shows since the 80s, since 88. Oh, wow. So, so, now, so you rocking a stage is nothing new to you then? Yeah, that's nothing new to me. I've been rocking stages since I was twelve years old. That's crazy. That's really inspiring to hear because, like, you like since nineteen eighty in the eighties. I did, yeah. 80s, and I did went, my first show. I did my first show with Cypress Hill when I was like 13, 14 years old. And who knew all those years later you would have the opportunity to do an album of DJ Muggs? Right. Right. Like hearing stories like that is really inspirational too. Like you rocking the like you rocking stages in the eighties and now you right. actually have a virtual reality concert. Like that's like the year four thousand <laughs> type shit right there. <laughs> yeah, that's real though, the virtual reality show. That that was I was the first to do that, man. Um I could see I could see that being um a big thing in the future. I think they're gonna ma- once they really master it and, and get it, you know, get get everything a hundred percent graphic wise with that with that concept, I think that's going to be a big thing in the future. Is uh, virtual reality shows, amalgam, amalg- amalgamated shows, um, you know, what I'm saying hologram shows and stuff like that. And when you first got approached with that idea, too, did you have to second guess it, or you're like, oh hell yeah? Uh, nah, I, 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 you know. When they told me what it was, I already knew what amalgamated was. So, uh, virtual amalgamation, virtual reality, and uh, and all that. Um, I mean, augmented. I said augmented. I don't know why I keep saying it. Augmented, augmented reality. Um, I was already. We had. I had already dealt with an augmented reality company with my man Tri-State and my man Dave Shows. Uh, we had this something with. Uh, this Durag Dynasty t-shirt, basically what Nipsey Hussle uh, does at his marathon store. We was like the first to do that. Um, uh, that's, I, I kind of had an idea, but you know, they was, it was a cryptocurrency company. So I didn't really have too much knowledge in that. So I was like, instead of trying to pay me, I was like, let me get a percentage of, you know, the coin and boom, that's what it was. Wow. And then like with you um having that underneath your belt too, would you say that would be your one and only, or do you plan on possibly doing more virtual reality sets in the future, sir? Yeah, I mean it all it all depends, you know. Yeah, I, I think we we plan on doing something bigger in the future because I'm still I'm still with that company. Okay. You know, um you you said something very inspirational because like 
um, I listen to your interviews because when I like an artist, I'm going to listen to what they have to say outside of the music. You said um, when you were coming up, you used to l listen to people like the alcoholic and say like, damn, yo, these guys are dope. I wonder if I ever have a chance to interact with them. And like all these years later, like you said that you got a song with everybody you wanted to get a song with. I was curious on that kind of feeling that gives you. It's, you know, um, you know, now it's normal, but, you know, at the beginning, it's just like, you just proud because, you know, your talent, it's your talent that got you here, not really like, you know, not, not nothing else. It was just based off of pure talent. The reason why I even have the notoriety that I have, I never really had any cosigns or I wasn't forced now people throw by being played on the radio and and whatnot. So people that listen to my music, they they really listening to my music from a genuine place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and I can I, I, I can respect that, and just the fact that you know my peers, the, the respect that I get from my peers is based on solely only my um, talent, and I love that. I know it's nothing else. It's no strings attached to it. You know, it's not out of fear or or because they, they have to or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because that's something you can't buy is pure talent. You can't buy that. You can't buy that or respect. Yeah, that's true. You may give people like money just to, you know, do something, but it's the all genuine respect that you just can't buy. Right. There's certain things money can't buy in this world. Right. Um, I know you must... I, this is actually... I don't know if you must. I shouldn't assume. Um, a lot of people find you different ways, like uh, from either collaborating with somebody or your solo work right. too. Um... I remember the first time I ever heard from you was in that Linkin Park uh, reanimation CD. And when I heard that, I was like, yo, this dude is nice right here. And like, my, uh, that's when I was first getting into music. So I, I we had no a, internet That was enough. a big deal. That was a big deal for me, man, at that point, like Linkin Park. I didn't even know who Linkin Park was at that at that time. And, and you know, uh, when, when I went to do the song with them, just, you know, when I met them, they were so cool. The, uh, the guy, Mike, I think that's his name. Yeah, Mike Sean. Yeah, Mike, 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 yeah, he was so cool. I, 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 at that point, I didn't even really care what they did. I was like, this dude is so cool. I, I, I want to do a song with him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and did, did that's you... how cool he was. Like, it didn't matter. They could have been farting on the record, and I, was, I still would have did it. <laughs> just how cool dude was. Because I didn't have no idea who Linkin Park was, but I just know dude had a good spirit and I like dude you know I like I like his spirit to this day I think dude is a cool dude I just like his spirit you know what I'm saying yeah and that song was one of my all time favorite songs too Paper Cut like oh, when yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. Um, right did they know who you were when you were doing that song like did they come to you it's like hey Planet we know you from Cali Agents or, and things like that yeah yeah that's what that's what it was man and, that, and that, there's stuff like that that kind of opened my eyes to know that a lot of people was listening, you know. Did you ever get discouraged at points thinking that nobody was listening, sir? All the time. Um, shit. Uh, luckily, that, luckily, it's just that I don't really... I think why it doesn't really get to me because I don't think I really do my music for that purpose. I kind of... I don't know, man. I have a, like an imaginary bar in my head that I keep trying to reach and, and that's... Work. That's how I make my music. So I don't really have expectations from people, you know. Because if you have expect, if you the moment you start having expect expectations from people, you're gonna get let down fast. Yeah. So it's best. So it's best to not have any expectations and just make music. Make the music that you feel. I make music that you really want to do, and the, you know. And so you're you're happy with the outcome. Only time it gets discouraging is just you know you can't that the. The economic aspect of things can sometimes, you know, get in the way, you know, if, if your money's low or whatnot, you know, you, I try to not let shit like that get to my uh, uh, emotions or my ways of ways and actions as a man and how I maneuver through life. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't really let shit like that affect me. I don't let it affect me. I don't count other people's money. Or look at other rappers and be like, well, he has this. Why I should have this? You know, I should have that or this. I just don't do none of that stuff. You know, I I, I keep my my my. Um, I try to stay focused on what I'm doing. I noticed that about you too, and I've been following you throughout the years too. Like you always never followed the trend. You were always doing your own thing. Like 
not a lot of people can say this planet asia but you are actually in print like you are in a may i remember the first and i'll keep it all the way buck with you after lincoln park when i found um your mixtape the sickness part one in the back of the double xl i was like i know this guy this guy's from that lincoln park son and i remember buying that album and i was like what did I discover? Like, and, and I started discovering Cali agents and all that. Um, I, I'm curious, what's like the most obvious way that people find you? That's what I always wanted to ask you as a fan. The obvious way? Damn, you know, that's a good-ass question, though. Uh, damn. It, it's either, I think it's in between, I, I think either YouTube, well, today Instagram, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can find somebody on Instagram. But I'm saying, like, before that, I think it would be more, like, a feature. It was either featuring, I would be either featured on somebody, because I do a lot of features. Either oh, yeah. Featured on somebody's project, and that's how they would hear me. Or it would be, like, pockets where, depending on who I'm working it with, like, I, you know, I, when I did the medicine, that was with evidence. So whoever was into evidence like that, they might have checked out the medicine album. I did the uh, album with DJ Muggs. You know, so whoever was into, like, Muggs who never heard of me, that's how they got to me, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then, of course, you know, the early 90s where everything was in the Source magazine. I have people that know me from the Cali Agents era. And then now you have this new wave where people might know me from, like, you know, working with Hus Kingpin or, or, or um, you know, whoever's the new wave of today, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's it, I think it's whatever generation it is. Um, it, de it depends on what generation it is because you got to think, man. I done been through, I graduated high school in 95, right? It's 2019. So I, I, I can't, when I say generation, I, I do it by uh, high school years. Like every four years, that's a new generation, right? Of high school students. So. Oh, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, that's how I, I, I don't go by like, you know, by, by uh, regular time. I, don't, I do everything in fours because you got, I, 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 I rate everything from freshman to senior. That's the new generation. Every four years is a new generation. Yeah. You can definitely see throughout, like, even, like, from, like, so, early 20s. So you got to think. So you got to think. I graduated in 94, right? It's people that I went to school with that was still in high school when I when, 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 when Cali just came up, that graduated from high school. It's people that I went to high school with that graduated high school when Cali just came out. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I might have been like three or four years older than them already, right? So, they, they basically, if you graduated in the year 2000, if you, if, you know what I'm saying? If you came into high school at 95 and, and you graduated, uh, basically, if you graduated, no, no, if you came in, yeah, those two generations, so I had, I had definitely my foundation of strong two generations where I graduated high school. Those people that went to school with me who knew I rap, they, they fucked with me. So I came out 98, 97, 97, 98. So whoever was in that paradigm heard Planet Asia. So you got to think that, boom, 2000, from 2000 to 2004, whoever was in high school from 2000 to 2004 was basically raised off my music, right? And then you can take it a step further. From 2004 to even 2008, I was still popping still. So you got to think, I done been through a, a lot of generations. So 2004, 2008, 2008 to 2000, uh, 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 2012, right? That's another generation. 2012 to 2016, that's another generation. And then you got 2016, 2019. We got one more year, that'll be another generation. Now, how many generations was that? Like five generations, sir. I done, I done been through five generations. <laughs> Um, that was actually, you know, one of my questions, too, because you come from a time where recording wasn't digital. Like, you come from a right. time where you actually had to have your th your raps ready and to be able to record because you're not wasting these tapes. Not, not only that, not only that, that shit cost a lot of money, too. Like, just to make a demo tape, before I made any professional album, our demo tapes cost more money than... What people actually paid in the studio today, damn that. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, because you got to think, a real to real, a real to real costs like two hundred and fifty dollars. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> that 
that's 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 not that's not including the studio time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that just put it real. So all so together, you might pay like six, seven hundred dollars for studio time, and you cram, and you try to cram ten. You 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 doing ten ten hours, right? So you got ten hours. You trying to cram like seven songs within them ten hours. You know, maybe even more than that. Did you ever? If you, if, if, if you got your raps ready. Did you ever? And then, and then not only that, you want to get a light mix on it because you pay for everything. You're not coming back to get a mix. What you leaving with is that's going to be the demo. So not only are you recording, you got to get you got to put a mix on it too. Well, I, I never knew you had to do the mix in the same day too. Wow, that's. Hell yeah. Unless you unless you want to come back and pay another five hundred dollars, what what thirteen year old kids you know walking around with that type of money? Exactly. Yeah, unless they were living that new jack lifestyle. Yeah, and I was doing this at twelve. I was doing that shit at twelve and 13, 14, 15, 16, paying for shit like that. You know, well, it wasn't just me by myself. I had a crew, obviously. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we would we would put our money together and hit the lab up. You know what I'm saying? Because um, for the people who are wondering too, like you come from a time where you actually had to be dope when spitting too. Like, can you remember the night that you were spitting with Al Canelli and Eminem? Because you know how much people can wish they said they did that. <laughs> um, yes, I remember that night because we was both me and Eminem were signed to the same label at the time. We were both on Interscope. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I know that. I knew you were on Interscope too. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know I was on Interscope. Sorry, what's that, sir? You didn't know I was on Interscope? No, I said I did know you were on Interscope. Oh, yeah, yes. So that was during the Interscope era, and that's when we used to go up to the wake-up show religiously and just freestyle all the fucking time, you know what I'm saying? So that's how that came about. Do you, st- do you still think about those times and listen to your old demos from time to time and think, I'm like, damn, I came a long way, or you don't really like to like listen to the past words? <laughs> I don't really listen. I mean, I do sometimes just to joke, just to joke around and be like, that shit is horrible. Um, <laughs> Did, did, so, did people ever try to label you like a West Coast artist, but when they hear you rap, it's like, well, he doesn't sound like he's from the West. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's how they used to do me. They used to do me like that. Yeah, because like, cause, um, I love lyricalism. I think Crooked Eye, shout out to Crook if you're listening, one of my very first guests. He made right. me appreciate lyricalism to a whole new point because... He was a West Coast, like, got signed to the death row, but then, like, the, as he got um, better within time, appearing on Hellraiser's album, like, he was spitting, like, like he was from the East, and so when I hear people like Planet Asia spitting the way he does, too, like... It's, it's funny you mention him. Uh, you know that me and Crooked Eye, you know, Crooked Eye is the... Uh, me, Crooked Eye, and Help the Skelter, we had a song on the Wake Up Show uh, thing back in the day, and that was the first song that I ever had played on national uh, radio. Wow, you got crooked health yeah. a skeleton. Rest in peace, rock. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's that song for the people if they want to check it out? Uh, what was the name of that damn song? Ah, uh, shit. Damn, I don't forgot, man. It's so old. Uh, <laughs> Y'all got to just type in Crooked Eye Planet Asia Health a Skelter if you want to hear yeah, that. just type that in. It was on the Wake Up Show album. Okay, okay. Um... So you obviously had a relationship with Crook from the first album. Hold on right quick, I'm about to play it. Oh yeah, no worries, my guy, no worries. Hey, hold on right quick, I'm about to make this play right quick, hold on. No worries. I'm just making a little blender right, I'm making a little blend right quick. Oh, don't worry, my guy, your health is wealth, you know? So you being from like the West, you obviously met Crooked at a very early age, shoot, because I won't lie, that dude's in my top five, and for me to actually interview somebody in my top five. He gets busy. He gets busy. Um, did you guys ever have like really serious hip hop talks, like for over five hours? Because I know he's a hip hop head. Uh, did you ever have I like mean, daily conversations I, with him? I mean, shit, Crooked, that's my boy. We have. I don't know. We you you know you 
not. So it's like, it's not really about, I don't know, it's like when you do this, when you get with artists, it don't really be about hip-hop a lot of times, a lot of times. Like, even with, well, me and Ruck, rest in peace, Sean Price, we talked about rap a lot, but we joked a lot, too. Yeah, because that, that's what makes uh, the, the music come second nature when you actually have a relationship with that person. Yeah, man, you gotta, you know, we, we a lot of times, artists, we just, we, you know, we, we, we be on some regular human shit. Um, you listen to a lot of music that I've that I've done my research about you too, and you actually put me on to um, that mob music up in Northern Cali, like the Jacker, because that's a whole different sound. And I was wondering if you can break down when the first time you ever heard like that mob sound too, because that's like man, I used to trip out about that. Right. Well, I'm from Fresno, so I kind of grew up off that music, man. Um, off of mob music. Um, you know they. That's a big uh, Bay Area influence in Fresno, California. They, you know, they listen to a lot of uh, E40, Mac Dre. Um, it was a lot of Jacka being played. Sebo, uh, of course, and Sebo put on. He's responsible for uh, the mob figures. And then, of course, my um, my um, my my brother from my city, uh, Killer Tay. Um, he he was down with Sebo, uh, so it was like it was always some mob music going on in Fresno. Okay, so that was nothing new to hear to actually hear that. Yeah, it wasn't that really nothing new. The thing about it was, it was that Jacka. I feel like Jacka elevated it more because he was he was a perfect blend of what I do and what they do. Oh, rest in peace to the Jacka too, because man, yeah, we, I, I miss that brother a lot, man. I miss. I think about the Jacka every day. I'm going to say, too, because I noticed, like, even with Prodigy, too, like, we lose a lot of the greats, and we don't realize until they're gone, too. Like, even with Nipsey, too, like, R.I.P. Nipsey, too. I, the, and the, the thing that I always tell people is you should give people their flowers where they can smell it. It doesn't matter. Man, it was just, me and Phil the Agony, me and Phil the Agony was just about to try to get Nipsey Hussle on the song, on the song for our project that we working on. I see, I went fire right there. Have you crazy. Have you ever met the late Nipsey, sir? Hmm? Have you ever met him? Of course. That was my brother. Hell yeah. I knew Nipsey. And I've been in the studio with Nipsey. I've had long conversations with Nipsey. We talked about all kinds of shit. That was my brother. And did he ever bring up that when he used to listen to you in the late 90s Hell coming yeah, that's up? that's how I met him. He told me he used to listen to me. He said, he told me that a lot of his, you know, cause due to the fact that, you know, he grew up in, as a gang member, a lot of his, the people around him would be listening to, like, you know, super gangster shit, and he would be like, yo, peep this shit, though. And he was like, yeah, you know, people would be like, damn, what the hell are you listening to? And he'd be like, yeah, this is that Planet Asia shit. I fucks with Cub. You feel me? And so, that's why, you know, when it came to, like, even hip-hop, if you listen to, yo, he had bars. You could tell he was a hip-hop head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can tell that he took this crap very serious, too, when you listen to his old mixtapes, like The Marathon or yeah. The Marathon Continues. Hell yeah. Um, with you having, like, because you have a lot of, a lot of albums and mixtapes, too. Um, one of my favorites is The Grand Opening. Um, I was curious on, it's maybe just because I'm in Canada, but I was curious why you never put that on streaming sites, sir. Why well, never put it on what? Streaming sites like Tidal, Apple Music. Because it could be I'm in Canada too because we had this issue with uh, some of the Benny the Butcher tracks. We weren't getting like the full albums up here. Uh, uh, I think maybe that's with the label that, 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 that owns it, uh, Avatar Records. Okay. That, yeah, I don't own that album. That's, you know, that was a record company album. Yeah, because people, because a lot of people think like an artist owns all the rights to their music, but like there's there's a difference between a label's album and an independent album. Yeah. Now this album, my initials on my jewelry, I own that. Egyptian merchandise, I own that. Like those are my albums. You know what I'm saying? And Egyptian merchandise gives you like a little bit of everything from you because that's I think that's like my second favorite album from you. Mm-hmm. I love that album. Um. I'm I'm curious too. Have you ever been to Egypt? Because you must get booked a lot overseas. Uh-huh. Um, have you ever got the chance to actually see Egypt, sir? I haven't been to Egypt. Okay. I'm I've been to Africa, but I haven't been to Egypt. I'll be going soon, though. 
All right. And they definitely yeah. got to get a picture of that Sphinx right there and Planet Age of that Sphinx uh-huh. album cover uh-huh. material. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, when you're naming your projects, too, do you have to finish the project for you to name it? Or do you always go into the project with the name first? So that's what I was curious about. It depends. Um, most most of the time, I'll go into it with the with the concept of the album. Okay, so you're very concept driven, let's say. Mm-hmm. Like even with pain only, language. I'm only concept driven as far as um, vibes. I'm not concept. I'm not into concept over conceptual songs though. Okay. So it's the you know, vibe. You, know what I'm saying? you want people to I catch the like, vibe. I feel like over conceptual songs. Once you heard it, you heard it. You heard it for the rest of your life. You don't even really need. After you heard it a few times, you don't really need to hear it no more. Yeah. I like songs that I like songs that that I'm still trying to figure out. You know what I'm saying? And I like to catch shit years later. Like I didn't realize that's what he said. Now with like that's what he was talking about. It's funny. Yes, it's funny how you said that too, because only built for Cuban links is very lingo based, a uh, very lingo based album too. And as you get older, right. you really start to understand what he was talking about. It's like, damn, your Ray was really out here, like living that. Um, right. I was curious too. Um, does that ever like, like, still blow your mind t- to this day? Like, yo, he is actually talking, but a lot of those bars fly over people's heads because I noticed like. A lot of people don't like paying attention to like spiritual and awakened stuff like that. Yeah, they got, you know, a lot of people got ADHD, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, they don't, they don't get it. It's just like, even when I listen to, um, Eric Miller, I can't follow the leader album. It's still shit that I catch in there like, damn, I didn't even realize he said that. Um, You know what I'm saying? Especially Rakim. That's why he's one of my favorites because... Damn it! Thirty years later, and I'm still hearing shit that I didn't realize that he said. That's why he's the God MC. Uh huh. Um, a lot of people don't notice about uh, Kim though, but he was signed to Aftermath for a bit too. I was curious on yeah. what you think that Aftermath Rock Kim album would have sounded like too, because I heard this. I heard it. Oh, I you, heard oh, it. wow. <laughs> yeah, I actually heard that album. You wanna, you wanna hear some funny shit? Yes, sir. You know. 56 first album Get Rich or Die Trying yes sir most of those beats were on Rakim's first album I mean on the on Rakim's Aftermath album like back down I heard of little, I heard little bits of stories like that but I never actually knew yeah. it was true back down I heard the back down song jeez man, I can only imagine what that sounds like I tell you I'll be searching the net for that album yeah but um, yeah. I, I was curious too. Like, if that if the public would have heard it too, do you, do you think that Rakim would have been as big as Fifty Cent? Like, because I like, can't even lie. I don't know if it would have been bigger than Fifty Cent, biggest Fifty Cent. But all I know, it would have been the best Rakim album y'all ever heard. <laughs> and. You, you get to hear a lot of music before it's released, or even or it's not released at all too. Um, did you ever expect that coming into the game, sir? Like able to hear like one of your most favorite album before it ever releases or don't, don't even get releases like did you ever think that oh, was ever gonna happen? I knew that I knew that early because I already had friends that were famous um and I used to be able to hear shit before they even um before it came out or it never came out you know what I'm saying okay like at the height of the hieroglyphic era I used to hear shit that I've heard songs from them that never came out in that time that was fire whole albums I heard a cat I remember Casual had this one album that was so fire. I talked to him about it all the time. I'm like, whatever happened to that shit? It was so ill. <laughs> he had this one record, man. Man, it was ill, ill. But he never put it out. It was right after, it was right, it was during the drive time, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, wow. Jarvis, <laughs> I remember Jarvis killing it for a bit and then he kind of so went downhill. So I've been, I've been privy to hear certain things, you know, and, and they just come with the culture. That's very true because, like, obviously people want to get other people's opinion before it's released to the public. Would you say that? Uh, yeah. And just sometimes shit just gets leaked out. You know, one homie back in the day, you'd be like, one person get the tape, and you know, that's it. <laughs> yeah, all over LimeWire back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, you 
Oh, really are ahead of your time planet, Asia. I don't know if people ever told you that, though, because what I what I see from your past work, like, you have albums with DJ Muggs or an EP with Madlib, and 2019, a lot of those names have been coming up on the show or even in the underground hip-hop scene that people are collaborating with them, but you were super, super early on to that. Do you ever say that to yourself, too? It's like, damn, I, I think I'm ahead of my time with this. No, I, I, I know, I know that I know, I know, I'm ahead of my time. Uh, and the thing about it, I try not to think about it too much because that shit is painful. Being ahead of your time is painful. Um, it's about being on time. Okay. Not, not always being ahead of time. That's a very interesting answer. I never would have expected that. Yeah. Yes, it's about being on time. Sometimes being ahead of the time, you don't get to reap the benefits of what you what you started. It's usually the third party that catches on. When people finally catch on, you're not on that no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like kind of like a hit and miss back then. Like like for instance, everybody is talking this lo-fi music. I could play you an album that I did with Architect that that, that never that, that I didn't really never release, and it's pure all lo-fi before that was even thought of. And I'm talking about we made this album in like. 2007 or 6 or some oh, shit. shit wow you know what I'm saying and now that's all you hear is lo-fi yeah it was all lo-fi we did the whole album lo-fi sound like some MF Doom shit man you know what I'm saying yeah and I, it, was, it was called Archangels vs. Medallions I never released it uh, I released one song probably a, a couple years ago the um the joint with me and Dale me and Dale the Funky Homo Sapien I had I, I I had leaked that out on the internet uh, like a few years ago, and that was a uh, that was off my uh, Archangels vs. Medallions album. Okay, you know what I'm saying? No. Oh, go ahead, sir. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. Keep going, sir. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just no, I was just saying that that's that's you know that's that's one of the signs of being ahead of the time. You know, we was working with Jake One back when Jake One you know he wasn't even known yet. Super Dave West. You know, I you know even Dilla. I had you know I had beats from Dilla when he was alive. Um, I just didn't get a chance to use. Um, you know, if, if you go in my my you know if I go in my old CD crates, you don't know who my who who, who I might pull up out of that shit, man. Because I had everybody. Yeah, <laughs> like from Bros Nazareth, like man, like the list goes on. Everybody, Pete Rock, Pete Rock, uh, fucking. Um, Whoever you can think of, man. Uh, touch of jazz, oh, high wow. tech, high uh, tech, high uh, tech. Fucking, wow. ooh, 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 DJ Khalil, um, um, anybody you can think of. Ayatollah, I had beats. I had a beat CD from here. Whoever you can think of. Because I mean, anybody except only person I didn't have a beat uh, CD from was DJ Premier. Even Alchemist. I had Alchemist CDs. With beats that ended up on like Mob Deep albums and all kind of shit, like some of your most classic records, I had the instrumental before the actual artist had. Wow, I never knew that. Like, you know what I'm saying? With, is that would you uh, say how you met Big Twins is through Alchemist, sir? Nah, nah, maybe, but I don't know, man. I think I met Twins with the Mob somewhere. I, I, you know, Twins is like one of my best friends, man. I, I don't, I don't even know. We always ask each other, like, how the fuck did I meet you? Yeah, I, mean, we, I don't even know how I met Twins, man. That's my brother, though, right there, man. That's that's like family, family. You know, that's my dog right there, man. I don't know how the fuck I met Twin, man. Yeah, cause I'm we, pretty sure Al was somewhere in between it. But, yeah. Yeah, because when you were... Mug, yeah. either, mug, either Mug, I think it was with Mugs. It might have been with Mugs. Okay, yeah, because I, I understand. Because, like, when, you have a, when you're a friends of somebody for so long, it's kind of hard to pinpoint that exact yeah. moment y'all met. Right. Shout out to right. Twins, too. He's a good I, guy. I would, definitely say, I would definitely say we probably got closer through Al. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, because I'm assuming yeah. that you guys will all be in the studio with Al. Yeah, we, yeah, we definitely be in the studio a lot, a lot. Um, yeah. Now, here's the thing, like... And when game was coming up too, I noticed that a lot of people were checking a West Coast artist to see if they ever had a Dr. Dre track. You never let that affected you though. Nah, I never did. You know, because um, when people are coming out the West, they think they have to have that Dr. Dre track, but you never like let that affect you though. That's what I admire about you. Nah, um, uh, 
said. Uh, as far as the Dr. Dre thing, um, you know what's crazy about that is the reason why I never tripped off of it because I feel like Dre would work with me. You know what I'm saying? If he had the time, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, I, I, don't, I don't feel like, I never felt like Dre was opposed to it because I met Dre a few times and we, you know, we actually get along. Like, you know, um, every, the, the two times that I've, I've actually sat and, and kicked it with Dre, we had a great conversation and laughed and shit, talked about records and music and shit like that. I, you know, the thing about Dr. Dre, I'm more, I'm more want to just have conversations with Dre than even make music. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like pick I feel play. like a, con- a conversation with Dre is damn near just as good as having a song with Dr. Dre. You know what I'm saying? So, well, you know, yeah, it's, it's you know, because you can get a lot. Take, you know what I'm saying? Like just being around Dr. Dre is cool enough for me, man. I don't really have no complaints about dude. He did everything he needed to do, and I was blessed to see. Dr. Dre, before I even knew him, I was blessed to, you know, to go to NWA shows and, and, and see the growth and development of Dre. I've seen Dre be on the turntables before. A lot of people never, you know, some some some, some most hip-hop dudes only know Dre the rapper. I know the DJs of Dr. Dre. So it's like, you know, I, I have a respect for him that's way higher than, yo, you should be doing a song with me. I don't look at it like that, you know what I'm saying? I look at it as one of my elders in hip-hop that, that actually took on the whole lifestyle uh you know uh produ- you know being one of the best producers you know being a student of the game uh, you know being a fan of public enemy and incorporating um the, the intricacies of how public enemy's production was and taking it to his level and taking it to a whole nother level and even and even inspiring other uh producers you know, such as DJ Khalil's, who I feel is like one of the best producers in the world. Facts. You know, and you know, and, and, and all our other, um, and all the other great producers that that, that might have been inspired by Dr. Dre, because Dr. Dre's not only a producer, he's a uh, he's a conductor, meaning that he doesn't have to just make the beat himself. He can take your beat and make the shit sound better than when you made it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's and rare. That's that's what a real producer does. You know, Quincy Jones is like that. You know what I'm saying? That's what makes great producers arrangements, mixing, mastering. You know what I'm saying? Making you do your verses over and over and over until it comes out how he hears it in his head. You feel me? Yes, sir. I like how you... Knowing course. the ability that you... Being able to see the ability in you and be like, I know you can do it because this is what I do and I can hear it in your voice. All you have to do is this, that, and the third. And you do that, and it comes out sounding like something that you never thought you was gonna sound like. You know what I'm saying? And that's what a producer is, like a DJ Muggs. DJ Muggs is another one of my favorite producers, not just because of when when you say producer, you can't. I'm not just saying as far as like a beat maker, um, as a as a conductor. You know what I'm saying? A person that knows how to arrange music, knows how to put an album together. You know what I'm saying? Can tell you like, don't rap so loud. You know, rap more calm, or you can, or put some up in it on right here, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shit like that. Instead you know of, I mean? instead of like, just saying, do like it. Yeah, like people like that make you better. So you know, doing a, you know, like I said, that the infom- the inf- the information, education, and the knowledge is way more important than actually getting one. It's like you know, I, it's basically saying I would rather be taught how to fish than give given some fish. You feel me? Yeah. I heard that saying before, too. My dad used to say that a lot. Yeah, you can learn from Dr. Dre just by analyzing. Um, I'll keep it all the way, Buck, because you said um, a lot of people know Dre because the rapper. Um, I was born in 91. So in the year 1999, um, I was walking through the streets, and I seen this weed CD on the ground that said 2001. I was real young at the time, so I don't know what this is. I picked it up, and I'm thinking it's a PlayStation game. I put the shit on my PlayStation. Once I heard that Watcher, I was sold. I was like, man, I don't know what this is, but this was destiny for me to find. Um, it doesn't... Exactly. T- um, when you see films like NWR, Straight Outta Compton, does that give you hope right. that there will actually be like more movies like that? Like like a Juice Crew movie, or like a Mob Deep movie, or even a Eric B. and Rock Kim movie? Because I believe like those type of movies can really, really open up a lot of people's eyes because I seen like 
Or people Planet, at my work or Planet, Asia, or Planet Asia movie. I was going to say, that'd be fire right there. You know how much people would be in that movie? That should have be dope. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That should have be dope, dude. We got to see the beginning you know? of Cali Ages. Oh, it got to be legendary. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, you know I, what I'm saying? So it's, it's like, and it's a lot connected to that. You know what I'm saying? Because you got other things connected to that. Because Rascal comes from a, a whole nother uh, tribe, a circle of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Of, of, of people older than me that I looked up to. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's this shit, you know, it's a cycle, man. And for the people that are wondering too, is Rascal still retired, or can we expect another Cali Agents album coming out? I think I know the answer. We almost done with the Cali Agent album. Oh right. So the fact we got a few songs, we only got like a few songs to do. Did he come to you with that idea? With that idea, sir? What'd you say? Did he come to you with that idea to do another Cali Agents album, sir? Well, it was already going to happen anyway. He just retired as a rapper, as as him as Rasco, the solo artist. He's not really doing that. Okay. But Cali Agents uh, all the way, so. He'll do, he'll do Cali Agent projects, but he's not doing, like, rap, rap. He's not rapping by himself or none of that. He don't, he don't, he doesn't feel like, you know, the game is, you know, uh, receptive of him or, or deserving, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I feel different, but, you know, to each his own, I, you know, um, I, he, he, he found another passion and, 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 uh, and other things, you know what I'm saying, as far as, like, the filming and, filming and photography. That's his thing right there. That's what he gets his, you know, his bread and butter. You know, this rap shit sometimes, man, it can be, it, it's a roller coaster ride, you know what I'm saying, and you got to, this shit, you know, he, he put his hours in and he, he, he made his classic records. Did all, You know, he did what he wanted to do, you know. And um, you, you can't really blame him. I, I don't really, I can't blame him. I don't blame him because shit, this shit is, it's a lot of times it's a lot of bullshit that comes with this rap shit, man. Like, it ain't what people think, you know what I'm saying? Like, you you know, as it don't matter how dope you are or, or, or how dope your music is, you know, it's other shit that go with that shit, man, you know. People follow shiny shit a lot of times, so, you know, you yeah. gotta know how to play the game, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a lot of people want to hear that microwave music that's not going to last five years from now. That, and, you know, just people, you know, they don't, people don't really support like that. So it's just like, you know, you it, it, it sounds, you know, shit sounds good and it looks good. But, you know, me, I do, that's why I tell you, I do this shit because I love it. I don't really do this shit because, you know, notoriety or fame or that. You know, of course, I'm entertaining people. I definitely entertain people, but... Trust me, a big percentage of what I do is based off what I like to do and what I want to do. I, no one's pre- pressing no buttons over here. You know what I'm saying? See, I like that, too, that the drive is still there, too, because you could have easily stopped, like, after, like, what we talked about with the generations within rap, too. Like, you could have quit after your third generations. Like, no, I'm good with this. Yeah, you kept and, going. And the thing is, and the thing is, 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 like, I don't really even have time to do nothing else but this, so it'd be kind of awkward. That's like if you was a vegetarian your whole life, and then all of a sudden you's like, fuck it, I'm going to start eating fried chicken. You can't <laughs> yeah, do that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you'll fuck yourself up. You'll fuck yourself up. I don't, this is my passion. My passion is creating. I create, I create brainwaves to people, and I speak in a, I speak in a certain language in my music that, that's hard to, that, that's, 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 you know, not easily detected, but but it definitely hits the pressure points. So I've mastered the art of speaking, speaking without speaking, you know what I'm saying, within yeah. my music. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, I'm somewhere else with it. My, my, my ben- what I benefit from this has really nothing to do with, like, a lot of financial shit or, or, or physical shit, you know what I'm saying? I loved when so, you I loved when you said that when you um, getting booked for a lot of solo shows that Rascal would hit you up. He's like, "Yeah, we got a tour," and you're like, "Where?" We said, "We got a tour." I thought you retired. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, not, not, you know, I, I, I don't. I, I'm not counting him out though. Any shit, you know, this shit is addictive. I, you know, he might fuck around and make another album. Who knows? He has a lab at the crib, so you know what the dudes got labs at the crib. What usually happens? Um, this is a question that I have to ask a lot of the artists too. Um, what's the longest you ever took to write a song? The longest? Yeah. Um, 
August. I don't know because I, I don't remember ever taking too long to write a song. <laughs> so, but but you, you know, could... I, I tell you this though. Sometimes I I I know when I'm going to take a long time to write a song. It's not like I get stuck. It's like I know I'm I'm not going to write this song in one day. Okay, you understand know what I'm saying? Yeah, because um, when you hear a beat off the rip, too, do you know you're gonna use that, or sometimes do you have to sit with it and actually think like? This kind of hits me after about five hours listening to it. Wait, wait, what you say? Like, when you're listening to a beat, do you know that you're going to record to that right off the rip, or do you have to sit with it and, like, let it kind of hit you different? It depends. Okay. It depends. Uh, it depends on how the beat is. Um, if the beat is, you know, sometimes the beat will grab you, sometimes, you know, you, you, you don't get it till like, midway. Like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I fucked with this. So, you know what I'm saying? It just depends. I was. <laughs> this is a question I always wanted to ask you too. How much times do people ask you, if, "Are you from Asia?" How many times have they asked me, "Am I from Asia?" Yeah, like how many times do people ask without knowing your history? Let's say. Or asking me, "Am I? Do I have any Asian in me?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, at the beginning of my career, I used to get asked that a lot, uh, but I don't really get asked that too much. Uh, too much more. Okay. Why you feel like I look a- I look Asian a little bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because uh, my man was uh, telling me, I'm like, I got an interview of uh, Planet Asia, and he's like, is he Asian? I'm like, man, you remember that Lincoln Park song? That Planet Asia. Right, He's right. like, oh, say word, uh, word, okay, okay. He said, <laughs> but, yeah, um, people, used to, people, people used to ask me, was I, was I mixed with Asian? I'd be like, nah, I'm, I'm African, man, <laughs> you know? And um, I like how you said too that you actually went back to Africa too. I was curious where you you went. I went to South Africa. It was popping. Oh wow! Uh, for a I'm, show I'm, or I'm, just I'm, for the hell of it? For a show. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. It must have been really good for a few out there too. Yeah, they rock with me all over Africa, especially West Africa. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I got a lot of African. Uh, stuff coming up soon. I'm going to be doing some African stuff. Um, yeah. A lot of things, too, is uh, health is wealth, too. Um, I was curious on um, your partake on that, too. Like, do you, are you vegan? Do you eat clean, sir? Uh, I suggest that people eat clean, man. You know, I mean, you're going to do what you want to do at times, man. But, you know, eating clean is, is the way to go if you can. No, I just you see, I just blended, put something in the blender right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I was curious how it was. I'm feeling uh, nourished right now, so hey, you know, I said go clean, man. It's, not, it's <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with going clean, man. Go clean, man. Drink water, and you know, it benefit y'all in the long run. Huh? It would benefit y'all in the long run. It would definitely benefit you in the long run. Um, so I only have two more questions for you, Planet Asia, and I'll let you go because I understand you're a busy man. Um, you, okay. you once said something about um, looking to the youth because the youth is the future, and that really was inspiring to hear too because you actually right. embrace the youth, and a lot of people right. don't. And I was curious, what makes you embrace the youth so much? Because I, I never forgot when I was a youth, so you can't. That's the problem with a lot of old people. They, they forget when they were a youth and they get hardened, it's, it, you become, you know, rotten. A lot of people equate to like teeth and other things, but you can have, a, you can be rotten on the inside. See, rotten, something that's rotten, when your teeth rot, it's because you didn't take care of it and you didn't, you know, you didn't scrub it. You know what I'm saying? You scrub, your, you, you scrub you're supposed to scrub your teeth from the beginning, from the beginning, of, it's from the development, right? So the same way you've been brushing your teeth since you was a kid, and having fun, you're supposed to be doing the same shit and, and having an imagination. A lot of people grow up and they lose their imagination. And when you lose your imagination, you lose your youthfulness because when you were young, you had a, you had ambitions and shit. You had goals. You had you had a, you know you had dreams and shit. You get older, you don't even dream no more, even in your in your fucking sleep. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you gotta you gotta stay youthful and never forget that the, how you was when you was. When, when, when you lived in your parents' house and they was paying all the bills, you know what I'm saying? You got to never forget that shit. And that's how you stay. That's how you stay aware. It's not it's not about uh, being old and acting young. It's just about being aware and being in tune with stuff. And 
know, and, and, and still keeping your imagination. That's why I'm able to be creative. I'm creative just like a 13-year-old or 14-year-old. I approach everything as a kid. To this day, I still approach everything as a child. I don't even, you know, the, the age that, I, that I'm at, it's just, I don't, I don't realize that I'm even the age that I am. You know that? I don't even realize that shit. Hey, but that's good, though. That's good because a lot like, of people, I they get really hung up on the age. I really don't have a concept of the shit. You understand? Even though I might have a little, I have a few gray hairs and shit, but I just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't compute. I don't feel like an old person. I don't feel like, I, 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 you know, I just know it. You know, when I'm around people, they're they like, what, you what, how old? I'm like, yeah, I'm that old. And they're like, damn, I never would have thought that. It's because like, yeah, I take care of myself and I'm not fucking bitter about that. I don't have, I'm not, I'm not mad about anything. You know what I'm saying? And usually young people equate old people with being mad and shit and everything. Yeah. And I don't have time for, for being to be mad and bitter and sour. That's what, that's, that's how you become old. That's what an old thing is. Sour. Old shit. When something gets old, it tastes sour. You understand what I'm saying? It becomes bitter. I like that too, like when you keep your youth in you too, because it just shows like what you can create if yeah. you still approach things as a kid. Yeah, you gotta keep your youthful energy, man. Laugh, joke. Don't be so fucking uptight. You know? It's good to hear that, you know, that you're still very driven after all you've been through too, because like I said, you could have quit yeah. after your third generation uh, your third generation. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that anchovies album too, that's my shit right there. I just wanna tell you that. Right. Um, this is a this is a question at the end of the show that I ask all my guests. Now, the reason why I ask this question is because no individual can ever answer this question the same. So, after having interactions with you, I'm really really curious on your uh, answer for this question, sir. Okay. Okay. Do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light? That what? That's trying to see the light. The light. What light? The light at the end of the tunnel of that dark place. Man, uh, well, <laughs> they said I was taught that light travels at 13 decibels. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it, it, is, it, and it travels at 1,000, 1,120 uh, feet per second. You understand what I'm saying? Now you divide 12 times 13,440. You know what I'm saying? And you get that number. You know what I'm saying? You get the number... Uh, 1,120, right? Right? Yes. So that's two, four, four is your culture. So meaning your way of life is your, is the light. Your way of life is the light. Oh, I never, never thought of it like that. And hope the other people out there think of it like that too, because it's all about certain situations you put yourself in that make yeah. your life like that. Yeah. I never uh, see a lot of people. They don't really think about things like that until somebody puts it into perspective for them. Right. Wow, that's, right. A, that's so, a that's a really good answer. So your way of life, your way of life is going to lead you to that light. So make sure your way of life is dedicated to whatever you your goal and ambition is. Your way of life has to be dedicated to that, and that's the only way you you'll for surely get to that end of the life. And that's called work. And a lot of people Hard don't. Work. A lot of people don't want to take those first few steps either. I noticed. Yep, you have to work, man. I like that. Gotta get to work. I like that answer. Uh, Planet Asia, the way of life. I hope somebody really fucks with your music, takes that, and helps them change their life. Yes, sir. That's the whole reason why I do this podcast is to just uplift people if they're in a dark place because I ain't going to front. I started this podcast when I was in a dark place. I'm good now. I'm right. good now, but I just want to give back to the people because I know what it was like right. being in that dark place. Right. Um, Planet Asia, I just want to say you're a very humble legend. I don't know if you guys told that a lot, but um, you're very humbled. Um, you like to plug anything I before I let that, you go? Man. Oh, man, I, I appreciate you taking Peace the time out of time. Man. Peace. Peace to everybody, man. Peace to all the human families on the planet Earth, man. Um, yo, man, just support the movement, support the music, man. Y'all, y'all stay healthy and shit. You know, um, treat everybody kind, man, and make the world a better place, man. And um, yeah, man, uh, you can reach me uh, on Instagram, Planet Asia Medallions. You can reach me um, on Twitter at Planet Asia. 
you know, and get all the music, get the new album, initials on my jewelry. The next one will be All Go Everything. After that, Kita. Then you got the DJ Scratch Planet Asia album, oh, Cali wow. Agents. You got a lot of shit coming. Yeah, <laughs> so, you loaded down. Be prepared. Once <laughs> <laughs> I heard that DJ Scratch Planet Asia, I'm going to drop my phone. I am a jazz musician. I don't do one albums. I do, I do demonstrations. These are not albums. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's okay. That demonstration is going to be legendary when that yeah. comes out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, so y'all. Yeah, man, so I'm gonna I'm I'm get at you, man. All right, Thanks so, for having me. Hey, anytime, let me Mike. When, let me know when this airs. Uh, my, this upcoming Monday, sir. Alright, with that being said, another classic episode from the Desk Flow featuring the humbled legend, Planet Asia. Peace. Peace, my guy. Appreciate it. One love, man. One love.